Martin's got the sit. One hand. Oh, he's oh, oh. oh the post is broken. Matthews hit it. Oh, talk about a he-man. Green rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your football life with Rex Hunt. Fertzhoven Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Yes, thank you, Matthew. And uh, thank you to you for tuning the dial right around Australia. This is your football life and the VFL and AFL is a wonderful Australian game and we all love it. And today we've got a treat. Well, most weeks we have a treat. Today we've got a real treat. Thousands of men have played the game at this the highest level. Some play and move on. Others have more of an impact. And a select few make a lasting impression that will be indelibly recorded in the history of the game forever. And today's guest is just that particular man. Played with the Bombers from 1974 to 92, a total of 378 games and 575 goals, which is just a magnificent achievement. Twice a Premiership player in 84-85, a Norm Smith medalist in 85, four-time Essendon best and fairest, a Ruckman in Essendon's team of the century, All-Australian three times, Captain Victoria from 89, uh, in 89 and 91, Australian Football Hall of Fame inductee, Simon Madden. What a pleasure it is to have you on the show. Gee, that sounds good when you read it all out at once, isn't it, mate? That's great. Well, thanks, thanks well for that. it is. And, and normally with legends on the, uh, on the show, which we have legends most weeks, uh, the question is, did you ever think as a young kid playing with your brother Justin in the backyard of your suburban home that one day you would be one of the all-time greats? You're always one of the all-time greats, mate, because you'd pretend to be Royce Hart or Gary Ablett or Rex Hunt when you're in the backyard. <laughs> oh, never me, no. <laughs> but you, you do that, but uh, as a kid, you, you know, I, I was, it took me a little while to get coordinated, so I was the last one picking the footy team in under 10 type thing, and then you get your coordination, and, and you always want to be a footy star. And then somewhere along the line, the, the coach of the under-17 says, oh, I think you might be able to play footy, Simon, and you might yeah. make it. And you go, oh, really? And then when you're 15 and 10 months, Des Tudnam comes knocking at your door saying, look, to you, we want your older brother who, who played the year before and he's umming and ahhing and he turns around to me and says, Simon, would you like to come down the training? What do you think every 15-year-old and 10-month kid would say back then? Of course. Oh, and, and I yeah. ended up... Um, after Christmas, going and training with the Dons. And then, as they say, the proverbial, the rest is history. Age 16, made your debut in 1974. I was, uh, what, uh, 24, 25 years of age into my career. And you played six games in your debut season. Tell us a bit about it. Oh, look, that was, uh, it was fascinating, mate, because I, I thought I'd be playing under-19s, but back then I'm a, I'm a better half-back flanker now size, but back then you're Ruckman, and, and so I thought I'd play under-19s, and they didn't have that many, so they put me in the seconds, and I started to play, you know, get a bit of form, and late in the year, uh, Graeme Moss played over in Western Australia in a Vic side when they played on the same day, and I got a gig in the, uh, on the bench for the seniors, played against St Kilda, uh, waited till about halfway during the last quarter they brought me on and my first opponent was Cowboy Neil. I nearly wow. di- I nearly didn't go on, mate. I nearly sort of yeah. s- nearly put my dressing gown back on and sat on the bench and said, oh, hang on, I think that's a bit too much for me. <laughs> but uh, but it, was a, it was a different game back there, Simon. Explain to our younger listeners who might not know that there was only at some games one camera for highlights on World of Sport on Sunday and uh, it was a different physical game back then. Well, put it this way, Rex. If When I started my career, if I left my mouth guard at home, I'd be worried that I'd lose teeth. 
at the yeah. end of the season, if you left your mouth going home, you'd sort of go, well, I might get through this game okay. It was a rough and tough game, which was the way it was played. I mean, it's, you know, not trying to denigrate it or say it's bad. It was just the way it was. And it was a tough man's game. And that was accepted in society. Uh, the world's changed a lot, says football. But back then, there was rough and tough. And you played outside the rules a little bit more than you played outside the rules now. I can remember back then, and we're talking to Simon Madden, who is a legend of the game, folks, and this is your football life, the Tobin brothers, and we're celebrating the football life of Simon, who was a great player. Let's not muck about. Uh, you and Gary Dempsey uh, probably for a long time dominated Harry Beitzel's stats, uh, Sunday stats uh, paper with marks taken, but people wouldn't realise today that, say, oh, yeah, geez, had three contested marks in four weeks, and I tell you what, you'd have three contested marks in about ten minutes in those days, Simon. It's, uh, it's more contested on the ground now, isn't it, when everybody comes into the yeah. forward line, but uh, yeah. I look, uh, you, you speak of Gary Dempsey, Matt, I can remember playing against him, and his arms were about ten feet long, I reckon I'd have him covered, and he'd be stretching these things up, and he'd be taking these marks, he was just a big lad, and he was just, he was quite happy to put his body on yours and push out of the way and take a mark, so, uh, look, it was a different era, but it was fantastic, you know, I, I enjoyed you have, as you know, Rex, you have your ups and downs. It's not always perfect. It's not always good. But overall, the enjoyment I got out of football was fantastic. So as a youngster, and look, it was interesting because my father died when I was 13. And so, oh, wow. uh, so you know, just you talk about Justin and I playing the most games for brothers. Our father didn't see one of those games. So, you know, I always oh, talk to people no. when I talk that you've got to look after yourself, maybe not for your own reasons, but for your kids' reasons. So, you know, he used to smoke two packets of Viscount, mate, Turf, Craven yeah. A, you know, the real the real coffin nails back then, which is what blokes did. And Because uh, yeah. he never saw us play. So, uh, 13, he dies, and 16, I'm playing for Essendon with Des Tudnam as my first coach, who, you know, shouted and spluttered and scared yeah. the living daylights out of me when I was um, uh, was a youngster. And the, the proverbial, uh, the history uh, books say that in my second year when I was 17, he got us to uh, crawl a lap of Windy Hill on our hands yeah. and knees. He did it too. He was captain coach. And uh, you, imagine asking the blokes to do that these days. <laughs> oh, well, the manager would be down there and then the Court of Appeals and all that sort of thing. But back in those days, you're talking about, you know, Tuddenham and you're talking about Dempsey. The household names just kept on coming. But one thing people went to see the Ruckman go up against each other. You know, I think it's a shame for the game today that we don't have that Kerry Jakovic or that Peter Knights and Royce Hart, all this sort of stuff. But back then, as a 17-year-old, you kept coming up against these household names like Nichols and Newman and Dempsey and these unbelievable Dittrich, these Ruckman who were really tough men. Oh, look, it was, I, mean, I, was, I was a kid and I, I can remember my first game against Don Scott. He kicked me in the ankle and I didn't know what to do. I said, um, uh, uh, what I, and you came up against big, strong men, um, uh, Thompson. You could just go through, you know, just go through the names you mentioned. You keep going through. And they were really big, strong men. So it was a real baptism of fire for a young bloke who was tall but didn't carry much weight you know I can remember my first game was in black and white and I was very keen to see the replay and I came on in the third quarter and and the commentary said Madden's Madden's on for accident gee he's yeah. a gee he's a beanpole because I, I was about 13 and a half uh, stone you know ringing wet and I ended up being about 16 stone so over three years four years I put on enough muscle to compete with those guys but as a uh, youngster yeah. starting mate it was was just it was a blur in some ways because it was just fantastic to be involved but you still sort of pinch, you know, pinch yourself and go, "Am I really involved in this? This is league footy. This is the big time." And I was still at school, so it was, yeah. was you know, fantastic. 
and similar stories all over from a 10-year-old kid to the games, uh, you know, playing the, the game at the highest level at 17. Uh, did Justin have the same coordination problems? Because he's even taller than you. Uh, and no, he's, he's never had coordination, mate. He's always been awkward, as simple as that. <laughs> and uh, he, he, comment. He, he, you know, he's, he's played over 300 games. And he, yeah. he's, he says it's an indictment on the game that he actually got the 300. <laughs> That's what he says. And, he, he's, and he, he's, he's never broken a bone. He's never strained a muscle. He, and he trained, he trained sort of a little bit on Tuesday. And he would uh, make sure he trained on Thursday. So he got picked. Always remember that... He talks of um, David Park, and they've actually got a bench down at Carlton that's got Justin, the, the Justin Madden Memorial bench, because that's where he spent every Tuesday <laughs> getting a rub down. And one time, one time David Park had came in and said, he's lying on the bench, and he said, Justin, we're doing extras today. Everybody's doing extras. You've got to do some extra. And Justin turned, his, turned over his left shoulder and said to the trainer, just rub a bit extra hard on my legs, will you? That's... <laughs> Uh, th- there's so many people at Essendon who were, who were there when you were there who are still there. Doc Reed and there's another bloke with blonde hair who used to be the runner. What's his name? I, Col- he's a- Colin, Colin Hooper was there before uh, me, mate. He's still what? there. He, he does interchange. He is he's, Seriously, if you ever want to find anything about league football and yeah. the, how it's changed from then until now, you speak to him. He's in his 70s, a very healthy man. Oh. He, had a, he, had a knee, he had to have a knee replacement and he said to the – because he still kicks the ball at footballers and he said to the doc, can I, will I be able to kick the football if I have a full knee replacement. He said, no, you yeah. won't. He said, well, how can I get around it? He said, oh, we'll, we'll give you a half knee replacement. He said, done. So he's got a half <laughs> knee replacement so he can still kick at the young blokes. And he, uh, he has just, he, you know, he's just got so much information and so much history about the club. They're great people to have around the footy club. Uh, they're absolutely the heartbeat of the club. And, you know, every time I say day, and I don't remember his name because he used to be a runner and I used to tell him to POQ. You, know, well, you, he was you, bringing you, the... you weren't the only one. The best one he talked yeah. about is Ronnie Andrews. Tr- trying to tell Ronnie Andrews to come off the ground. He said, I used to tell him from about 40, 40 feet away because I wouldn't get yeah. anywhere near him in, in case he started swinging he, at me. He, he said to me once, uh, Simon, you know, he said, uh, uh, Rod and Ronnie Andrews said, tell, tell so-and-so. He said, I'm only bringing the messages out. I don't take any back. And it, but uh, <laughs> they are just wonderful. Um, this is your football life with uh, Simon Madden. What an absolute character. Uh, and every year, hundreds of people take out a fixed-price funeral plan with Tobin Brothers Funerals, and by doing that, they've the peace of mind knowing that regardless of how long they live, the price they pay today is fixed forever. Why not celebrate your life with a fixed funeral funeral plan from the Tobin Brothers Funerals? Now, we're not wishing you into the box at all. We're just celebrating your life just in case, you know, that you feel a bit ill, Simon. But, but, well, <laughs> the, to- I, I, this, the Tobin, bro- Tobin Brothers have put a few good friends of mine uh, peacefully away and uh, very good Essendon. Not the whole not the whole family, but I know a few yeah. of them are very good Essendon supporters. And I always, what do you do when you ask someone in the Tobin Brothers about their business? How can they say, yeah. how's business going? They can't exactly. say. A, a really interesting, Leo Tobin, who was a mad Essendon supporter, he's passed away now, but he's part of the family. I remember saying to me once, how's business? He said, steady. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> that's a reasonable answer for that industry, isn't it? Jack Dyer said if he was going to get out of the police department, which he did, he'd set up a funeral parlour because so many people die, they still die in the daily paper in alphabetical order. It was just incredible. <laughs> and Lou Richards used to say, never ever watched uh, uh, television back then because it was in black and white. Such was his hate for Collingwood. How about that? <laughs> great characters. Uh, oh, and great so is, great yeah. characters, mate. Great characters in that era. Great characters, including Simon Madden. We're going to take a break and realise this is Simon Madden, the Essendon legend. He is just a superstar. And for Tobin Brothers, right around the nation, we'll be back after this break. This is your football life, Simon Madden. Yeah, 
You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Yes, thank you very much, Matthew, and uh, welcome back, everyone around Australia, tuning in today as we've got Simon Madden, not just a legend of the uh, Essendon Football Club, but a legend of the game, and when the, the game's history is written, our great guest today will take his rightful space in, uh, in the time that he spent with the Bombers, which was so exciting, but probably no more exciting, Simon, than uh, you know that uh, early '80s when you and Hawthorne, uh, you and Hawthorne dominated the competition. Oh look, it was it was a great era. Um, we I I uh, came into Essendon in the mid '70s, and we weren't you know we weren't a very good side. You look back, a lot of great people, but we really really struggled. Sheets came along, and he really tried to make us professional, and uh, we really came up against great opponents in Hawthorne. We never really thought we could beat them early on. You know that doubt in your mind was there. '83 belted the living daylight, you know, as you would say, built living suitcase out of us in yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, in that era. And then we were able to get back and back again and play in a grand final, which is very hard to do, just come up in a, in a row. Three in a row, very hard to do, to oh, play in wow. one. And then we won 84 and then 185. So it was a great era. And then Hawthorne went on to win more after it. And you look at the names, that, you know, names like Brereton and uh, Roberto Di Pitt and Minico. And, and you just look at that era. It was just uh, airs. Um, it was a fantastic era yeah. for us and them. It was a great rivalry of which, you know, I'm, I'm actually really proud that I was involved in that rivalry because yeah. you see those blokes now, you get along with them really well. They, they're, it was, uh, they're great uh, ambassadors of, of football, good people. And, but, geez, we we had a lot of respect for them. But, gee, I wouldn't say we hated them, but, geez, we despised them. Is that right? But yeah, they, that's exactly they, right. They were, they were the strong side that we had to beat. And uh, it's it's not easy. And it's never going to be easy against a great, great quality opposition like that. And you had a coach who was uh, really good in despising the opposition, uh, Kevin Sheedy. Oh, you know, I was fortunate enough to, uh, to play in three grand finals with Sheeds, and I saw him in action on the field. But you saw him in action from the coach's box. And what influence did he have on you and the rest of the team? Oh, look, Sheeds, you know, I keep saying to people, if, if, you want the, if you want the true Kevin Sheedy story, it's a four-hour lunch and three bottles of red because that's how long it's going to take. He's one of the, yeah. he's, he was fantastic. He's one of the most complex... Uh, people I've dealt with in football, and, and I say that I say that um, as a compliment, not in, not derogatory, because he was just thinking about football on all levels all the time. And I, and I always remember in '84 in um, in the second semi, which some people you know listed back then as one of the great games, and we got beaten by seven points. Where Rodney Ede got the a mark in the goal square with two seconds to go, yeah. kicked the goal to make it seven points, and so we could not beat them. And I remember going in, and we were deflated, and, and our egos were hurt, and we you know full of doubt. And had a meeting with Sheeds, you know, of course after the game, and I remember him saying, "Look, boys, that's the best team." And we're that far from it. And he had his you know, finger in his thumb, yeah, just yeah, millimetres, yeah. but he said, they're the best team and we're that far from it. I remember coming out of that meeting, going in that meeting, you know, a just beaten team and coming out of that meeting saying, hang on, we've got a chance. And that's the type of thing Sheed was great at, at the, at the positive aspect. So he really he really helped us develop as a as a team, as people, and as a club. I think he not only did he coach the team, but he coached the club about being, yeah. a, being a professional team and and you know we used to, little things like little things we'd go and train in, in at hodgepodge anything you're wearing and he said no we're training with our socks up with garters jumpers tucked in everybody wears Essendon gear we're going to look wow. like a professional side for starters yeah. little things like that to 
No, he changed. He he brought in the fifty metre rule in in, in those mid eighties. He said, right, yeah, somebody gets a free kick in the back half, you you grab them, throw them on the ground, get your fifteen metres. Because by the time they set up, we'll have everybody picked up. He changed yeah. the game, and they turned that into fifty metres, so you couldn't do it. Little things like that. He had a real influence on us, and um, he really coached the club and coached coached the side. So uh, you know. Uh, do I understand him still? No, of course not. Nobody does. <laughs> but he was fantastic for us. What a career you had. Uh, but in 86, uh, tell us how seriously uh, you and your family considered an unbelievable offer from the Harbour City via Sydney uh, Football Club. Yeah, look, it was a really interesting run. And you think about this, think about this for negotiating power, right? So Peter Jess was my agent back then. Uh, I've played in uh, back-to-back premierships. I've won a best and fairest in 84. I've won the Norm Smith Middle in 85. And I'm out of contract. And, mm. and the good Dr. Edelston was looking for players. And, and Jesse said, Peter, Jesse said, why don't you just talk to him? So I spoke to him. And in the end, the offer was, and, and I'll talk, you know, talk about the extrapolation under, uh, under these, um, they say in these times, but it was $100,000 cash up front to sign and $450,000 over three years. So it was $550,000 over three years was the offer. Now, I end up not taking it. And, and people sort of go, why didn't you take that? Because... Well, it was just there was back then there was two amounts of money. One you got offered, and one you got, and they weren't necessarily the same thing. And and look, and the good the, the good doctor, I know at one stage, and he denies this, and I'm sure he spoke to so many footballers, he can't remember this. But as a young fella, I can remember it. And he, I remember him saying to me back then, I was a, I was a teacher, I haven't been a teacher for 17 years, but back then I was a teacher, and I can remember saying to him, in the negotiations, um, you, you know, he he said, oh well, this much money, and I said, oh, this. You know, a couple of issues, a few problems. He said, what are the problems? I said, well, look, I've just got a new house. I've got a new fam- family. I've got a new job. And he said, what do you do for a job? And I said, I'm a teacher. And he said, he said, I'll get your job. I'll get your job. I'll buy your school. Mm. And yeah. now you start thinking about it, don't you? Now, he's, yeah, you he, do. now I, I don't blame him. He said, I can't remember saying that. And they said, there was only three people in the room, me, Jesse, and him, and we both agree on we know what he said, so that's fine. Yeah. But, he, 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 you know, you talk to, you talk to the great um, Tommy Hafey. Uh, you know, when we spoke to Tommy, he passed away earlier. He was a fantastic, yeah. fantastic man. He loves the doc- good doctor because he really helped try and set up the Swans when he was a coach. So yeah. they made a number of offers to me, and it was really, it was really, really, uh, it was really actually hard, hard not to say yes. But in the end, yeah. I just thought, well, there's, they wanted he wanted a signature straight away. He wanted it all to happen within a week, and I said, well, hang on, no, you can't, you can't. Football negotiations don't happen this quick. Yeah. So in the end, and I went back to and Essendon thought we can't pay that, and I said, Essendon, show me you want me, and they showed me they wanted me, so it was all good. Uh, it worked out all that- good. That is fantastic. 15 years as a teacher. I know that you were Players Association president for four or five years, but you've been 14 years, I think uh, they term it the IT uh, area. The, oh, yeah, I was in, well, uh, it went, in, went into information business. Information technology, did you? Yeah, I went, look, just, you know, the things that happened outside of footy. I was, um, I was looking to do something after football, and I was still teaching, and I got offered a job, so I moved into IT. That lasted 10 years. I worked in a media company, getting images oh. for a while, and then I went out on my own. I'm doing my own business. I've got a, I put the plug in. I've got a couple of businesses, winning yeah. winning Proprietary Limited for uh, uh, business coaching and development for small business and, and Leap Performance, leapperformance.com.au wow. for bigger businesses and business coaching. We've got a few big names involved in that too, including um, you just look it up, you'll see the big names, but Lane Beachley and uh, a few others, a few others with big names like that's cricketers, netballers. And we, we get um, we get the... The, the aspect of sport that is about developing people and take that into into businesses the, the, and help them. The common denominator uh, uh, with successful people, Simon, is a great story that other people can sort of put into practice. 
that right? Oh, look, and it, and you know the thing is that, and you you can read you can read out my stats and they sound great, but for every good stat, I can give you one about the struggle. And I've always said to people, and you'd understand this, Rex. If you don't understand the struggle, you'll never understand the success. And for anybody who's done anything in in their lives, any success, it doesn't happen overnight. It actually mm. happens over a long time, and they and they come up come up against obstacles and they come up against struggle and they get over that and they push through and they come out the other end better and stronger and they actually have success. Now, I'm yet to find anybody who's been very successful for a long period of time that hasn't gone through that struggle. And, and, talk, and a yeah. lot of times people don't understand that they think they're going to be, especially in, in the modern world, they think they're going to be successful overnight because they see mm. one person have one record. And, and they get, reckon there's going to be no hurdles. No hurdles. And there's always hurdles, mate. You've got to understand yeah. that. But you, you, you know, and you've got to understand the struggle so you can understand the success. This is your football life with Simon Madden, folks. And we're celebrating lies for Tobin Brothers. And attending a funeral at any one of Tobin Brothers' 21 chapels is now just a phone call away. Those unable to to get to the funeral in person for reasons of illness, cost or tyranny of distance, you can send a message and put your voice there and just say what you really want about the person who you're actually sending your love to. It's a tribute the day before the service. For more information, go to tobinbrothers.com.au or call 9373-7000. Now, before we wrap it up, uh, my friend, the names of Danaher and Madden are synonymous with success at Essendon. We've got the new breed coming through. He's about 7 foot 11, Joe. He's like a gigantic uh, giraffe. Uh, what are your thoughts on Joe Danaher? And tell us a little bit about the pressures of a kid with a famous surname. Look, it's a very good point, Rex. Look, he's a, he's a great young man. Um, he's got great parents. I mean, the Danaher's, the Danaher's are, uh, are fantastic. Anthony and Joe are, are great parents. And they, they understand football. One of the things is understanding the footy so they understand the struggle he goes through. Um, he was very, very light. He's still put on some. He's put on some uh, kilos, but he still needs to put on more. And 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 as you know, Rex, you you learn the game in your first fifty. You understand the game in your, in your second fifty game. If you play a hundred, you can have a real uh, real impact. Most players don't play that long. So the no. in the big picture, they actually don't understand it. They understand well, the, ab- the average of fourteen thousand people nearly uh, who've played the game is thirty three games. Exactly right. So most people actually don't understand the big picture. So you've got to nurture them. But if they're a good person to start with, and I, Joe's a fantastic young man. Um, again, he's got injuries he, he, at the moment. He's, he's just out with a little bit of a shoulder injury, but that, yeah. you know, we know that happens. But he's got the makings of a great player. Now, whether that, you know, the old story is potential is a dangerous word, but he's he's got great potential. He's got good background, good football background. He's a good good person to start with, and he not, has got good work ethic, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, the combination there, the sure. combination there is is very good for him. And, and you know, I I played with on the. <laughs> There you go, Rexy. I'm the only bloke who played with the four Dennehers and actually got a photo with them after the last game. There you go. And wow. in, in years to come, in years to come, they'll look at the picture and say, "Who's that fifth dad, Dennehur that- dad?" <laughs> <laughs> now I've got a minute to go, and I just I know it's not long, but I just need you to tell our listeners the motivation for you to uh, join the Essendon board. Oh look! It looks very simple. I knew I knew to be a, a bit of a tish fight this year. Um, I reckon I've got perspective. About the game, I've, I've um, played it. I've done ruck coaching. I've been on the Players Association. I understand the game. I understand the struggle, as I said. And I think that we, we really needed... I think I, I can put in some perspective and some balance on a situation that's... It's a very, very hard situation. Nobody's been in that one before. And I just wanted to make sure that I could put in a, a balanced viewpoint so that when we, uh, when we get through this year and back into the, you know, back into the regular Essendon Football Club... Um, We'll, have a, we'll be in a good position. 
Well, I'm the umpire today, and I've given you three Brownlow votes. It's been amazing, and, I, and I've really enjoyed it, and you've just been uh, such a delight to speak to, folks. Uh, Simon Madden's been with us. If you'd like to hear the extended version of this interview, check us out on facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals, or you can follow us on Twitter at Rex Football Life. The only thing that tweets around here is a canary, Simon. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rex, always good to talk to you, mate. You've still, you've still got that in-depth questioning and that uh, great view on life yourself, mate. Thank you. Really, really good of you to join us today on This Is Your Football Life. And uh, why don't you join us next time somewhere in the wonderful world of football and we'll talk to another legend. This has been This Is Your Football Life with thanks to Tobin Brothers celebrating the football life of the great Simon Madden. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives.